Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me is Pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Paul? Uh, Excited to be back doing uh, Postscript. Yeah, we had a fantastic service together yesterday. A couple things that were a bit different. We wrapped up our series called Around the Table. We took communion together, and it was also our small group Sunday, uh, a time where we got to kind of focus a little bit on these groups and how to get plugged into them. Um, but you kind of, you preached a message that was a little little different, a little more broken up. We did communion early in the service and you kind of started giving us a little more of an explanation there uh, and used that as a foundation to kind of build things. And we ended up with some great stories about people getting involved in small groups and how um, growth has happened and how being in a group has been a part of that. Do you want to unpack for us a little bit about uh, what what you said yesterday? Yeah, I, I think that we started the series, the, the service uh, by taking communion together, which is something that we do as a church every month. And uh, for those of you who are listening, you probably already know that quite well. Um, but sometimes things that we do over and over again, they become uh, so um, ingrained in us in terms of uh, just a, that, that kind of... Um, a ritual yeah. that we sort of forget a little bit of the details of it. Sure. And I still think there's something really important to the, to the very, the ritual of it, you know, eating together and taking the cup together and passing the plate and all of those things. Uh, but I, uh, but we slowed down during that part of the service and we spent some time really thinking about what was happening and mm. why we were celebrating this. And, and, you know, we brought it out of this idea that it began from the Passover meal, which was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very connected to this idea of uh, protection and sacrifice and, you know, God reaching into history and saving his people. And so all of these things uh, together make this beautiful picture of what happens when we take communion together. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we are reminding ourselves that Jesus came to this earth, that he lived in a, a perfect life. He died. Uh, he rose again and he ascended into heaven. And those things uh, are should be at the center of everything that we do. Yeah. So when we talk about groups and we talk about getting connected into community, it's really important that Jesus is at the center. Mm-hmm. Because without Jesus at the center of these groups, uh, what ends up happening is that our groups are basically, you know, uh, just, you know, friendship sort of yeah. circles. where kind of affinity groups. Or, yeah, yeah, where we're just kind of, we're hanging out, which is great. And but what is really life-changing is uh, groups where Jesus is at the center. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to just hop back to the communion bit for a little yep. bit. Uh, communion, Eucharist, the Lord's table, it, the Lord's supper, it's called different things in different traditions. But, um, you know, the, the people of God in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, were given all of these rituals and all of these different things. And then when Jesus came along, um, he practiced all those as, as a yep. Jew, of course. Uh, but... But what he left for the church were two pretty simple things. Yes. Um, one of them was communion. This is one of the rituals that we've been given. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, of course, is baptism. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really important. And I love what you said. You know, rituals aren't bad in and of themselves. It's when we forget why we're doing them, they can start to lose their meaning and just become kind of habitual in a bad way. Right. And um, I think we mentioned this at a, at a different point um, in a different uh, podcast, but I'll say it again, that traditions become kind of a, a bit of a magnifying glass mm. that allow us to see something very clearly. And so a ritual or a tradition like communion allows us to focus in on the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
when when our focus gets a little bit fuzzy, that glass gets a little cloudy, the tradition yeah. becomes so opaque that you can't really see through the tradition to who it or what it's pointing to, mm-hmm. then we then it loses its purpose. Then it loses yeah. its punch. Yeah. And so for communion, um, it is a it is a glass that allows us to look through and it magnifies the person of Jesus. Yeah. And it's the same thing with baptism. That magnifies this idea of a new life in Christ. Absolutely. And whatever we do to move it away from where the what it's supposed to be focusing on, mm-hmm. um, it it actually begins to degrade as uh, in terms of its importance. It's just not as important to us. Yeah. Uh, let me ask just a, a quick question. Someone actually asked this of me last week. We at Compass Point here practice communion monthly. Yes. Why? Why do we do it? Why do we do it monthly? And then why do we do it the way that we did it? I mean, Jesus was around a table with right with bread and wine, and we you know pass out little crackers and little little grape juice. Um, why for someone who's new in our midst who hasn't experienced it this way? What what's the deal? Yeah. Again, I think that so. What I would say is that there are um, in terms of the timing of it in the New Testament, it seems as though they broke bread together and did this communion meal uh, almost every time they met. Mm-hmm. And so some in some traditions, they'll do this all the time. Yep. Um, in other traditions, they do it maybe once a year or mm. at a much more irregular time. We find that once a month is a it's regular. And so I think that uh, checks a box for us. It's a when you gather together on a regular basis, do this in yeah. remembrance of me. So I think there's a regularness to it that happens when it comes monthly. But I also think that it is... Um, uh, it, it, it sort of spaces it out enough to just, you know, to help maintain the focus of what it's all about. Hmm. And I would say that when it comes to the things that we use, like the grape juice or whether it's wine or should it be actual bread or should it be leavened bread or unleavened mm-hmm. bread or yeah. should it be gluten-free bread know, gluten-free or, crackers yeah. or whatever it is, again, as the, the the tradition or the or the ritual is meant to help us focus on Jesus. Yeah. So you could use anything you want yeah. as a symbol to remind you of that. But the further away you get from bread and wine, you start to uh, make things a little more cloudy. I mean, can I do sure. it with you know like bagels and and Coke? Sure. Uh, but but again, you just want to make sure that it continually focuses back to the person of Jesus. And yeah. so we find the juice and the crackers are a good representation, a good reminder of 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 the the blood shed for us mm-hmm. and the the body that was broken for us. So yeah, to, and, the, so it's not important what those things are. There's no like you don't have to go to the store and buy communion bread, or you yeah, don't have sure, to like find sure. the holy juice wherever yeah. it is. It's not like that. Um, they are regular things that are made. Uh, they're made irregular mm-hmm. by the fact that you're connecting them to a memory, a, an idea of what Jesus did for us. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if that's confusing yeah, no, or not. I, but I think that's good. And, and part of it, I'm frankly, is it's practical. Um, yeah. Right? Like we, as a, as a gathered group of hundreds of people, as much fun as it would be to all sit around a big table and literally break loaves of bread, that, that's a little impractical. Right. And sometimes we switch things up in how we do it or the ways we take the elements or even the elements themselves yep. um, to, to, again, focus back on Jesus yes, and use exactly. this thing as a magnifying glass. So that's great. That's, and that was on Sunday. This was our foundation. This was our right. starting point. You know, this was the last meal that Jesus shared before the crucifixion. Yep. Um, with his followers and where yep. he gave this ritual for us. Uh, and then we kind of moved out from there and talked about growth happening in groups, about this need to be together. Right. Uh, and, and your first major point was that, you know, growth happens in groups when, when we show up. Yeah. Uh, and we came back to this idea that God showed up. And I love this. This is, 
a theological term called the incarnation, God with us. You can read the beginning of John 1 talks a lot about, you know, God sending his son and, and this whole idea. And it's, it's kind of common language and it's something that we know, but it's also this hugely important foundational idea that you can spend so much time with and influences so many things. Um, so so what, what do we do with that, right? Like God, God showed up. God actually became one of us. How does that influence what we do for others then? Well, I think it is a good example for us to follow. Um, I remember... I remember years ago when I uh, first started ministry, actually at this church, uh, there was a death in our congregation and there was a family and, and the family was uh, having a funeral that was probably maybe an hour and a half to almost two hours away from here. Hmm. And uh, I didn't, you know, particularly plan anything. I just thought, well, it's, it's a funeral and I, sh- I need to be there. And yeah. so I did. And, and I remember it was a day that it was snowing and there was a storm and all this stuff. And I got in the car and I just drove. And it took me a few hours to get there, but I got there. And I, I will never forget the, the look on the faces of that family who mm. saw me, um, surprisingly, who had shown up in this particular situation. Uh, they were just overwhelmed and they said, you know, you came. And they were surprised and overwhelmed and they, they never forgot it, never. Mm. And this family is not uh, no longer here at our church, but I know... For me, the fact that I showed up in that moment uh, will never be forgotten from that by that family because it is such a powerful thing. And I think for us, showing up is something that we need to be doing. We need to be more in the habit of doing with the people that are around us, mm-hmm. just our physical presence. And, uh, you know, I talk about funerals. A lot of times people say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. It feels a little weird. You know, my neighbor lost a loved one and I don't, you know, just showing up is powerful just being in the room is powerful standing there you're you you speak volumes by your presence in those moments yeah and i i think this is this is so very important and so countercultural, even in a way at the moment um I, i mean we talk about this we know the power of being present for our friends and whatnot but in the day and age of media and internet and social media and influencers and all this, right? Like we're so often told, maximize our influence, uh, use marketing tools, do, you know, even, um, even social media now, right? So much so- social media is used to, uh, to try to sell things to people and, and to get things from people. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and media is, is certainly not inherently evil. I'm not going to go that far, mm-hmm. but but Jesus didn't make a really good video series no. and send it out to everyone, right? Like God didn't didn't say, I'm going to give you the perfect teachings and give it to you. He showed up in person and I think we're called to do the same and and to not lose fact lose this idea that that we show up for our neighbors. We show up where we're present, right? It's mm-hmm. not about reaching the most people across the world. It's about just being here and being with the people that are around us. Yeah. Um well, see, I think it's the difference between, uh, you know, growth that happens in in terms of like a marketing campaign where you just try to get the word out there, yeah. or or an exponential growth that happens when when word of mouth when things get passed from one person to the sure. next. And I think that that in God's wisdom, He decided when He sent Jesus, Jesus did not. It wasn't a marketing campaign like you mm-hmm. suggested. It wasn't that He just taught a whole bunch of people. He chose twelve. 
right? Yeah. And you would say like, okay, wait, you want to change the world? Why are you choosing 12? Hmm. Well, you're choosing 12 because he realizes that as each of those people are changed, they're going to have an impact on the people that they come in contact with. Yeah. And I think for us, you know, there's this, there's an angst, I think for Christians that it's how many people can I contact? How many people can I win for Christ and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think sometimes our responsibility is to to impact the people that are closest to us. Yeah. Start there. You know, you have three or four or five people mm. that are the closest, they're close friends with, and, and they're the ones that you may want to begin to see uh, how you can bring them along to meet Jesus. And as you do that, they're going to have the impact on the other people and it's going to have this exponential growth. And we all know that exponential growth moves much faster than, mm-hmm. um, than otherwise. So, you know, that's, I think, part of what, um, that I, the power of showing up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, being together in a group. I mean, we, we talk about this as staff all the time. We, uh, our staff, obviously, maybe not obviously, but we absolutely love Jesus. We're excited about what he's doing in our midst. We're, you know, we're leading into these things like hospitality and stuff. Um, and it's in some ways it's easy for us to get caught on. Like, how do we market this best? How do we talk about this publicly? Do you know, do we make good videos or stuff? But the truth is it starts with us. And we've, mm-hmm. we've started doing this. We've said, you know, so who are, who are you actually inviting into your home? How are we doing this together? Cause we yeah. know it, it. Yeah. This, this is where it starts is together when yeah. we're face to face. Um, so you, you talked about, you know, when we show up, when people share God's story, um, growth, yeah. growth happens in groups when people share God's story. We heard, we heard four different stories. Brad kind of introduced us to four people in small groups on Sunday um, who sat on the couch on stage and just talked a little bit about their experience. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, it was so great. Yeah. I didn't know these people. Yeah. Um, it was so great just to hear how God has shown up in their lives. And it got me excited to to re-engage new people and to find, I mean, I, I found people in the lobby after who I didn't know and said, hey, you know, how can I help you get get plugged into a group? And my wife and I are talking about what does this look like for us this year? Um, yeah, I mean, the importance of uh, of sharing stories. Anything else there you want to? Yeah, well, I would just say that one of the questions that we're saying this year is, am I taking every opportunity to lovingly share the good news of Jesus? And I think when we hear that, we often think about other people and say, okay, who am I going to share the good news of Jesus with who doesn't yet know Jesus? Yeah. But I think if we want to be the kind of people who can effectively share the good news with other people, hmm. we need to be able to share the good news with each other as yeah. fellow believers in Jesus. Yeah. Because as we share the good news with each other, that's what inspires us to be able to have the courage to go and share the good news with others. Mm-hmm. And I, so to me, this idea of, you know, am I uh, lovingly uh, always taking every opportunity to lovingly share the good news that actually begins with, with, uh, fellow believers. Hmm. And I think there's an encouraging part where we gather together. That's why when we come on Sunday and we, we sing songs, we listen to, to the, to the word. And I think as we, in smaller groups, when we start hearing the stories of how God is at work, um, that can be inspiring. One of the, one of the questions in our kids ministry that we're asking often is where have you seen God at work around you? And where have you seen God at work through you? And how can we use more of God's help? And in those three questions, you can be inspired when you hear those stories. Absolutely. Um, And we want our kids to be saying, yeah, this is what God's doing in my life right now. And so when I hear that as a parent, that actually encourages me in my faith. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is something we're uh, on one hand, we're working at uh, as a staff, and we're we're talking about how do we share more stories on social media and in our services on Sunday, and you know do video stuff, and all of these things are great. All these things help us hear the stories of how God is at work in our midst. But the truth is, this happens best 
face to face. It happens yeah. best with the groups of people we get together with and say, have you, you know, let me tell you about something that God is doing with, exactly. with my neighbor or in my life or my kids. You know, there's, there's so much good there. Yeah. And then um, I talk next about generously serving. Yeah. And I think that's an important part as well is in the early church, we saw that they had, they kept continuing to look after each other and support those who needed it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that service needs to be a part of these groups as they gather together as sure. well. What, what can that look like when you say service? Like, you know, most people hear service and they're like, let's bring a meal to someone who's in need, which I think is absolutely part yeah. of it. But what else can it look like? Well, it could be. I mean, I think it, it, I think that if you combine this idea of service with the idea of showing up, hmm. then you start to you'll start to get some picture of what that might look like. Because sure. I think that that being present for people in those moments uh, where they need it most uh, is is an act of service all by itself. But there are ways to serve people uh, by actually physically getting involved. Um, and that mm-hmm. may mean, you know, like walking your neighbor's dog or, mm-hmm. you know, doing all these different things or checking their house or, you know, th- those kinds of things. But all, there's all kinds of different ways that you can be um, serving uh, the people that are, um, you know, in need. And you can do that together as a group. You can be serving people that, that need it most, or you can also, I think what's what's common in this is that you can be serving each other in the group um, sure. as you get together. Yeah, awesome. Um, and now you kind of, like we talked about groups, obviously on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and obviously what we're doing again is we're trying to compel people. If you're not engaged, if, you, if you're not feeling connected, yeah. get into a group. Yeah. Um, And we're not asking people to get into small groups because we have this program, this great program that we want to do. And it's about trying to get more people into a program. Absolutely. We want people to get into small groups because we really believe that growth happens in groups. We really believe that if you want to take the next step in your spiritual journey, and if we want as a church to see our church begin to explode in terms of um, you know, our influence in our community and with the people around us, mm-hmm. then we need to gather together on a regular basis, which means we need to carve out time for it. And yeah. I think, you know, one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, well, I, I just don't have time for a small group. I, mm. I've got this going yep. on and this going Absolutely. on and all these different things. And I would say to you as lovingly as I can from someone who has all kinds of things going on in my life, yep. you know, with kids and sports and dance and all different things, I get the pressures but we need to carve out time where we can be in community with other believers. Hmm. And it may be it's in a small group is, is the best way for that to happen. Um, but I would say that no matter what, we need to be looking for ways to carve out time to be with other believers because we need to share um, you know, stories, we need to serve together, all of those things so that we can grow and we can engage in God's mission um, in the greater world. Yeah, and that's so, I mean, it. it in some ways, I, I think... Um, I hear a lot of people with a lot of really good excuses uh, and, and good reasons. I mean, I won't even say excuses, good reasons why it just doesn't work. Uh, and I, I actually think Satan knows that growth happens in groups as, mm-hmm. as much as, as, you know, Jesus knows it yeah. um, and tries to prevent it. There's always a good reason to not make this happen. And it, it joining a group sometimes is inconvenient, sometimes is difficult, sometimes yeah. I, I, even me, uh, and I believe in small groups, I believe in meeting together with people, I find myself often leading up to the time of the thing I've committed to and I know I should go to, I think to myself, really? Can I bail on this? Can I, yep. can I get out of it right now? Like, do you think, if, what, what excuse could I use? Um, it's terrible. And then most of the time I push through that or my wife pushes through it on my behalf yep. and we go. And by yep. the end of the time, I'm like, right, 
I'm so thankful I've done yeah. this. I'm so thankful I've carved out time. This is absolutely the right thing to do. But, you know, joining a small group, joining a group of any kind doesn't mean that you're always going to feel like, oh, this is the greatest. Sometimes it, it feels like, oh, really, this again? Yeah. But when you push through, it is so good. It is so good. And there's, you know, and I would say for those people who are struggling to find ways to connect in, um, I would just say, you know, give it a try. Yeah. Um, get started. And, and and I would say that if you if you're looking for community and you're trying to get engaged and you're 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 finding it difficult. I would say that one of the biggest strengths that you would have is listening. Hmm. Um, if you get into a group and um, you know, you've been having a hard time connecting or making that, like make those first couple of times that you're in the group a time where you listen, really yeah. listen for other people. Because yeah. oftentimes we go into a group and we say, is this group gonna be good for me? Hmm. And we start asking people questions. Hey, do you like this? Do you like this? And you're trying to figure out all these different things to see if it's good for you. But I think sometimes we need to go into groups recognizing that there may be people in those groups that can serve us. And so how can we yeah. go in there and just think, okay, uh, what's going on here? Let me hear from people. So I would say listening is a really good one. Um, and I would say carving out time, as I've suggested already, making that space in your calendar, even writing it into your calendar so that you mm -hmm. can have time to be in community with others is really important. Um, and those are just some some things that I think would be really helpful. Yeah, no, that's so good. Um, and I would say if you're listening to this and you still think, I don't I don't know, I don't want to like sign up for a small group and I, you know, I need to talk through this more. Come find me. Like literally come find me on a Sunday, right. send me an email. I would love to share a meal with you, uh, share coffee with you, yeah. uh, chat about this more and and talk about this. Yeah, uh, I know some of our other pastors, but I'm sure Paul, we're all busy, Absolutely. but we can no, all yeah. make time. You would, sure. Brad would. Um, yeah. we, we would love to connect with you and to hear more of your story and hear more of the, you know, why this is challenging or, yeah. or some of your experiences that might be holding you back um, and to find a good fit, find a place where you can grow in a group of some kind. Yeah. Um, because we, we really do believe this is where life happens. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where we can do life together and where we can see Jesus best. Yeah. It's when we're together, when we're face to face. I mean, this is one of the things you're all listening to this podcast right now. Paul and I are sitting across from each other, looking at each other. And part of the power of this is that it's a conversation, right? right. It's not exactly. just something I've prepared or Paul's prepared that we're teaching on. This is a conversation. And some of what we say is probably pretty good. Some of what we say might be a little questionable at times. <laughs> um, but there's something about conversation and, and what you can uncover and, and the way the spirit moves when two or more are gathered yep. um, that we think is super important. Uh, any, any closing thoughts for us today, Paul? Yeah, I, I would just say, well, actually, I have two, really. I just noticed you said some things we say that we shouldn't say. On Sunday, actually, when I was preaching, I had one of those moments. This happens all the time. If you're someone who communicates, you'd know that you say things, and you're like, what did I just say? <laughs> and someone yep. said after the service, you know what, Paul? You said that when Jesus came to die on the cross, he died to save us from physical death. Hmm. And I thought... Uh, I, did I say that? And yeah. I did say that. Um, uh, of course, we all still die. Uh, yes. But when Jesus died on the cross, he died us from spirit. He, he saved us from spiritual death. So he almost <laughs> did it there too. He yeah. died us from death. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, so, uh, so, so not, I said that wrong. It's not that he saved us from physical death. He saved us from spiritual death. Yeah. But ha having said all that, no, um, you said, what's the last thought? I, I would just say that it's hard. Um, being Trying to connect into a group is not easy. And I, I think that there are probably some people out there thinking that, oh, these guys, they just kind of think that it, this is all easy because they're extroverts or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. 
And I just got to say that being connected in community is not easy. It's messy. Yeah. It's it's uh, raw. It's just it's just not easy. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. And so my suggestion to you would be to push in and lean in, even when it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a small group already, lean into that group. If you're not in a group or you're not connected in community, then find community and connect in on a regular basis so that you can grow in your faith. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. And thank you to everyone who is listening along. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Postscript.